Oh, man, Calvary, don't take for granted what God has given us. Boy, God's been good to us. Man, oh, man. Let's be careful we praise him. He could sure take it away. I pray he never does. In fact, I pray he keeps on just fanning the flame until the Lord returns. And uh, amen, it's exciting. It's exciting. Hey, listen, we're talking right now already. We're already talking uh, with our deacons and about uh, increasing our seating. And I know we don't, we, don't always, we don't always need that. We don't need it necessarily every Sunday night or Wednesday night. But we're definitely getting to that. Uh, and, and you know what? We got plenty of seats on Sunday too, really. But it's just that a lot of times folks don't want to slide in and folks don't want to have to go by other people and things like that. And so we are talking about increasing the seating in the auditorium. And so we're going to be, uh, we're, we're going to be calling a meeting very soon. And we're going to be uh, meeting with the church about some things that we're going to do. We know, we know right off the bat, very, very, pretty, pretty simply, we can add about 50 or 60 chairs in here and you might not even notice it. Now, we know we can do that and, and that'll help, that'll help a lot. Uh, and so anyway, and we've already talked about, it. and of course we knew this, this might happen anyway. We've already talked about the choir. We've already talked about bringing the choir out in front of this banister here if we need to do that, and that's fine. We can do that. Listen, if we need to, we'll just put them up there on the platform. That won't be a problem either. They don't have to be all back there. We'll put them out here, and, uh, and I'm just saying that there's a, way to, there's a way to get it done. But I do believe this. God's got big plans. I do believe that. And so let's, uh, let's work on getting this thing paid off, and then we can see what God's next step is for us at Calvary. And so Matthew chapter 13 in your Bibles, and when you find your place, let's all stand if you will. I've got verses 33 through 35, but we're just going to read one verse tonight, and we're going to read it all together. Matthew chapter 13, and I want you to find your place, if you would, at verse number 33. And we're going to read this together as a congregation tonight. Matthew 13 and verse number 33. Ready? Another parable spake he unto them, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Let's read that one more time together. Ready? Another parable spake he unto them, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. You may be seated and just for a few moments tonight, I want to talk to you about this subject. Little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. Let's pray and we'll jump right into it tonight. Father, thank you for letting us be together tonight as a church family. And God, we're thankful for what you're doing. And we just appreciate uh, your blessings. Thank you for building the church. And uh, Lord, uh, part of that at least is Bible preaching. And so I pray that you'll bless the preaching of thy word tonight. Uh, Lord, we pray that you'll direct this part of the service. And all that's done, I pray, would bring honor and praise and glory to the Savior. Work in the heart of that one tonight that needs Jesus. I pray that tonight would be the night that they would find their way to the cross and they would come to the Lord uh, as their personal Savior and open their heart to him and their life to him. And I pray that he'll come in. And then I pray that you'd encourage that 
child of God that's discouraged. Maybe one here tonight or maybe one watching by way of live stream. And Father, I pray tonight would be a night of great encouragement. Have thy way now. Fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that Christ would receive honor and praise and glory from all that is done. We love you in Jesus' name. We pray and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Interesting, if you were in the service just a few days ago on Sunday night, if you remember, we were preaching on 11 last Sunday night. Uh, and here we are uh, preaching on 11 again uh, out of Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 33. Normally, normally, 11 is almost always a picture of sin, but not so in this parable. In Matthew 13 and the verse we read tonight, verse number 33, in this parable, leaven represents something that is minute or something that is what, I, what we would call minuscule. Really, the idea behind this is it's something that is beyond small, which is why I use those words tonight, minuscule. It's something that when you think about small, well, this is something that really goes beyond that. This is something that is sort of beyond small. This is something that is maybe even so small that you would really have a problem even seeing it. The truth that Christ is trying to leave with us here is this, that a very little can accomplish great things, especially if it's for the Lord. Some scholars believe and some scholars say that, that this reference here in Matthew 13, 33 is actually speaking of 50 pounds of meal. The Bible mentions three measures of meal there. And some believe that it's, it's actually talking about 50 pounds of meal. And it's interesting because our Bible tells us that this woman, we're not sure, uh, sure who she is, but, but this woman, the Bible says that she hid uh, in three measures of meal. She hid the leaven in the three measures of meal, which implies this, that the leaven was so small that it could not even be seen. She hides the leaven in this, this the, the small amount of leaven in this large amount of meal. And basically what the, the Lord is teaching here is this, that it caused the whole 50 pounds to rise. Or what we would say, to be transformed. And so the context, at least somewhat, in this parable is this, that a little goes a very long ways. Did you know tonight that as Christian people, it's our responsibility to put forth effort. That's our responsibility, to put forth effort. Now I know this, I know at times uh, what, what, what we put forth may not seem like very much. We may feel, in fact, I don't know that there's anybody here like this tonight. <laughs> I know the guy that's talking to you is in this club. You may feel as if what you have is not very much to offer. Have you, ever, have you ever done this? Have you ever been around someone and you thought, man, they got the whole package. I mean, have you ever been around somebody and you thought, you know, where was I when God was handing out all these gifts? I must, have, I must have been absent that day. I mean, when the Lord was giving out all these gifts, and I was thinking about that this week. He would not agree, by the way, but, but I, I would agree. And I told my wife the same thing this week. We were on the broadcast, standing on the radio with Brother Dave Kissler this week and uh, Dr. Gary Doyle and, and uh, Sam 
uh, Sam Rohr. And as we were doing that broadcast, and it was, you know, it, it was something. I mean, it really was. I told some of our people, I said it was very, uh, it was really a neat experience. We could hear in our ear everything that was going on. We could hear the producer saying, all right, fellas, 60 seconds, 60 seconds. And all right, fellas, we're on the 30, 30 second countdown. And we could hear all the commercials going on in the background and when we would go live and things like that. And, uh, and, and afterwards, I listened to the broadcast and I, I told my wife, I said, man, Brother Dave, Brother Dave just got it all, you know. I mean, he really, he's like loaded. You know what I mean? I mean, you go to the car dealership and you buy, buy plain Jane or you go to the car dealership and you can buy, you know, automatic windows, automatic seats, heated seats, uh, automatic windshield wipe. Well, that's the Brother Dave. Brother Dave just got it all. He got all, he got everything, you know. He just came uh, totally loaded. And you know what? Sometimes if you're not careful, you sort of feel like that. You feel like you're around people and you're thinking, man, I mean, they got all the gifts. They know how to play this. They know how to sing wonderfully. They know they have a personality and all these kind of things. And sometimes it just doesn't feel like that, that maybe we have as much to offer. But here's the great news tonight is this, that in all powerful God can take our little bit, our little bit of effort, and that almighty God can accomplish great things with our little bit of effort. You see, a little is much when God is in it. And by the way, by the way, how many know this, that it's not dependent on us anyway? And so there may be somebody out here tonight, you say, Pastor, I don't have as much talent as as Brother Abel and Miss Lauren, okay, here's the great thing. You don't have to. You don't have to necessarily know how to play a piano. You don't have to know how to play an instrument necessarily. Although, thank God that God is sending us people that have those gifts. But I'm just saying this. What Brother Abel's gift is not your gift. And what your gift is is not Brother Abel's gift. And God has given you something very special for the kingdom of God. And so here's the thing, though. Whatever your gift is, it's important that you offer that gift to the Lord because God, because he's so powerful and he's so wonderful, God is able to take your little bit of effort and he's able to do great and mighty things with it. Boy, I don't know about anybody else, but that's a big encouragement to me. The song that we sing says it like this, little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you'll go in Jesus' name. And so uh, a little bit of leaven caused this meal to rise. Now I begin to think about that. I begin to think about little as much. And I want to give you just a, a, a few examples that I believe are applicable to this message tonight. Uh, some things that may seem little, but when God gets in it, they can be a lot. How about this? Number one, little as much in the area of personal evangelism. Little as much in the area of personal evangelism. Now, when I think about personal evangelism, uh, I'm talking about soul winning and, and, and winning folks to Christ. And man, I think about some of the great men of the past that, that I had the opportunity to come in contact with. I, I, I think about Brother Howes. Brother Howes was such a great soul winner. I think about Dr. Carl Hatch that I had the opportunity to be in a service with him. 
uh, you know, uh, uh, several times. And man, what a tremendous soul winner Dr. Hatch was. And in fact, I don't know that anybody could really lead souls to Christ like Dr. Carl Hatch. And I think I thought tonight, I thought about Brother Carlo Leto. Some of you know Brother Carlo and others of you don't, but Brother Carlo was, was my bus captain in college. And man, when I went to Bible college, he's the guy that sort of took me under his wing. And I'm going to tell you what, I've never seen a guy that could preach like him and win souls like him. And you've heard my stories, but the first few weeks that we went out and went soul winning, I didn't say anything. I just watched. And honestly, I think my mouth was hanging open as I watched Brother Carlo lead soul after soul uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I think about those men who were incredible soul winners. Now, you're here tonight and you say, but pastor, here's the thing. I'm not an incredible soul winner. Okay, here's the great thing. You don't necessarily have to be an incredible soul winner, but it is important that you put forth some effort. And so you say, Pastor, I'm not a Carlo Lato. I'm not a Dr. Carl Hatch. Okay, all right. But it's very important that you put forth some effort when it comes to personal soul winning. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, you may or may not be a Carlo Lato, but I'll tell you what you can do. You can support a missionary. I'll tell you what you can do. You can hand out a gospel tract. You say, Pastor, I don't have a, a great personality. You don't have to have a great personality to give out a piece of paper. You could give out a gospel tract. Uh, you know what? You may not be a great soul winner, but I'll tell you what you could do. You could help purchase Bibles to be sent to Honduras or, or Bibles to be sent to the Philippines or Bibles to be sent to Korea. Uh, I'll I tell you what you could do. You could personally invite someone to, the, to, to church, exposing them to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, I'm not a great soul winner. Okay, but I'll tell you what you could do. You could get on your phone and you could send a text to someone and and say, listen, I'd love to see you in the house of God this coming Lord's Day. Now, the important thing is this. It's important that you and I put forth an effort. It's important that we put forth an effort. And little is much when God is in it. And God can take that little bit of effort and God can use it in a great way. I thought about the story in Acts chapter 8 where we read about that Ethiopian eunuch. And what a great story that is. The Ethiopian eunuch was saved, but maybe we would say he was saved not in the traditional way. The Bible says that he has traveled a long journey, very long, from his country, Ethiopia, there to Jerusalem. He's come there for, uh, for the uh, celebration. And, and while this Ethiopian eunuch, by the way, a powerful man, while this Ethiopian eunuch is in Jerusalem, somehow he gains a copy of the book of Isaiah. Now, that tells us several things. Number one, it tells us that someone had to write it out. They didn't have printing presses back then. They didn't, they didn't have all the modern technologies, you know, that, that we had. And so they had to very, you know, uh, with labor, they had to copy the different books of the Bible. And, and so that tells me that someone had written out a copy of the book of Isaiah. Someone reproduced it. Someone copied it. But it also tells me this, that someone had to give it to this Ethiopian eunuch or, or you, you say, well, pastor, uh, he probably bought it. Okay, all right, I'm good with that. But it still tells me this, that someone had to sell it to him. Someone had to produce it. Someone had to get it to him. But someone enabled this man to have a physical copy of scripture in his hand. And then God took that little bit and caused a deacon turned evangelist called Phil 
Philip, he caused their paths to intersect and Philip told this Ethiopian eunuch what the Bible's talking about in the book of Isaiah and this man went away born again. Now, again, this is all I'm saying, and this is such a simple message tonight, but my point is this. Someone put forth some effort and God brought the increase. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 says it like this. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and everyone shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Wow, what a verse that is. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. This is what I'm saying. Just put for some, you say, pastor, I don't have a lot to give. Okay, then give what you have. You say, pastor, I, 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 I don't know how to talk. Okay, then just do this. And don't say anything. Uh, 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 when you're checking out at Food Line or, uh, or Walmart or, or just, just do this. Uh, leave it in a restroom when you go to the restroom. Leave it at the gas pump when you pump your gas. Uh, 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 listen, you take what you can do and you use it and then you let an almighty God bring the increase from what you do. Did you know tonight, the man who led the choir and his wife are here tonight and saved tonight because little is much when God is in it. And so you can get Brother Brandon to, to give you the whole story. But Miss Mandy's working at the bank there in Statesville and uh, was Wachovia at the time, Wells Fargo now. And one of our ladies, Miss Gay, walks into the bank to, to do her banking. And uh, Miss Mandy waits on her and Miss Gay pulls out a gospel track. She says, can I give you something? I'd like to invite you to Calvary. Well, the, what Miss Gay didn't know is God was already working on their heart. God, the Holy Spirit, was already working and telling them, it's time y'all get in church. And so in the background, they were already looking. Miss Gay didn't know that. She walks in the bank. She's just doing her banking. She says, can I give you something? She gave her a gospel track. I don't know how long it was, just a few days or so, maybe, maybe a week. I can't remember what it was. And uh, I banked at the same bank. I went in to do my banking. Miss Mandy was my teller. I got done with my banking. I pulled a gospel track out of my pocket. And I said, hey, can I give you something? Same track, same church. Uh, wait a minute now. Just a little bit later, Brandon and Mandy show up at the Calvary Baptist Church in Union Grove, North Carolina. And three weeks later, both walked the aisle and both gave their heart life to Jesus Christ. And now, wait a minute now. Yes, what a blessing. Now, you say, Pastor, uh, how did that miracle happen? That miracle happened when somebody just gave a little bit of effort and a great big almighty God brought the increase from it. And so, listen, you give, you give what you can. God can take your little bit of effort and use it to build his kingdom. Again, I want you to understand what, what kind of power there's in that thing right there. And so there was a, a soul winner out one day and he was just giving out some gospel tracts. A man came by him and he said, hi, sir. He said, can I, can I give you something? And the guy took it, but he was flustered uh, at the soul winner's fanaticism and, and he just sort of snatched it, you know, and didn't really appreciate this guy trying to give him some kind of a religious uh, pamphlet. And so he, 
He snatched it, took it, but then he made a mistake. He stuck it in his pocket. Oh, yes. He went home and he was going through his pockets and he felt that, <laughs> that track and he just threw it. He just threw it up on the mantle there in his house. And, uh, but he didn't, he made another mistake. He didn't throw it away. And it was sitting up there on the mantle. And the next morning he got up to go to work and he never touched it, but he saw it. He walked by the mantle and he saw that gospel track. He saw that religious pamphlet laying there. He goes to work, he works his day. He comes home and uh, he walks by the mantle and there's that gospel track laying there. I mean, that happened several days in a row. He got up, never threw it away. But he saw that gospel track laying there. He'd come home, he'd see that gospel track laying there. And the first little bit, he just sort of grumbled and he thought, man, bunch of fanatics, bunch of fanatics. But after that went on for several days, he never touched it, never read it, but God the Holy Spirit was working in his heart. And after several days, he reached up and got that track off the mantle and began to read it. And good news, he was gloriously born again. Now, again, just a small thing. But God took that small thing and did a great work with it. And so little is much in the area of personal evangelism. How about this, number two? Little is much in the area of purposeful tithing. You say, Pastor, you're not afraid to preach on this? Well, I'm definitely not afraid to preach on this. But number one, I don't think I've even touched on tithing in over a year. If anything, I'm probably going to answer to God for my, for my lack of it. But as I begin to think about this thing, that little is much, I begin to think about tithing. And by the way, Calvary, think about this. Isn't it, 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 it something, it is something that God only asks us to give 10% of our income? <laughs> In fact, somebody said it like this, that tithing is, is not the Christian giving 10%. Tithing is God allowing the Christian to keep 90, there you go. 90%. And let me tell you why it's a great, uh, great uh, reason that I, that I preach this tonight. You know what's really, really sad about the concept of tithing is that people totally miss uh, really what's behind tithing. I mean, they, 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 by the way, that's why a lot of carnal people don't want the preacher to preach on tithing. I'm going to be honest. I love to, I, I love to hear preaching on tithing. And I love to give. I mean, it's, it's, it's a privilege. It's an honor to do that. But a lot of folks sort of begrudge it because they totally miss the concept behind tithing. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Tithing, tithing is not God's dependence upon you. <laughs> People say, well, if I don't give, the church is not going to make it. You hear me and hear me well. It doesn't matter whether you give or not. This church is going to make it. You know why this church is going to make it? Because this church is not Brother Steve Pope's church and this church is not to Alan Hopkins' church. This church belongs to Jesus and so I can promise you one thing. This church is going to make it. It's going to make it with you. It's going to make it without you. Every once in a while, we've had some people through the years that uh, I've, I've had some people that were, man, very arrogant and, and they've told me, well, you didn't, dot every I and cross every T like you supposed to. I told him, I had a minister tell me one day, he said, you messed up, boy. He told me that. You messed up, boy. 
My son-in-law was there yesterday and he got a lot of money. You messed up, boy. Well, let me tell you something, boy. This church can make it without your son-in-law. Now, understand something, that tithing is not God's dependence upon you. Tithing is your dependence upon God. You see, if I'm obedient to the Lord, if I'm obedient to the Lord, you know what happens? God says, I'm going to take care of you. And so someone says, oh, if I give, preach, I'll starve to death. Listen, if you'll just do what God tells you to do, there is a God in heaven. And God, I promise you, God will meet your needs. Now I want you to take your Bibles tonight and I want you to turn over to, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 tonight. And look at verse number six, and man, you're gonna read some wonderful scripture tonight. Second Corinthians chapter nine and verse number six. This is wonderful. Second Corinthians chapter nine and verse number six says it like this, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now watch the next couple of verses here. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. And then it says, not grudgingly or of necessity. Don't do it because you have to. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Now, don't take my word for it. You go study it out yourself. And this is a, a, another message, but that word cheerful there is the, is the Greek word hilaros. Hilaros. We get a word from that. It's called hilarious. Hilarious. In other words, when the pastor says, all right, church, it's time for the offering. There ought to be a hilarious spirit within the church. In other words, people ought to be saying, yes, man, I thought we'd never get to the offering. I can't wait to give. I mean, this is one of my favorite times of the service. And now we've got churches that are canceling their offerings and not wanting to take an offering. And we have pastors that say, well, if we received an offering out of our church, it would kill the spirit. And I want to say, man, if an offering kills your spirit, what kind of spirit do you have? For God loveth a cheerful giver. But look at verse eight. And God is able to make all grace. How much grace? How much grace? And God is able to make all grace abound. Listen to these words. Abound toward you that ye have always uh, having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Little as much when God is in it. Amen. Then you two thoughts. Thought number one is this. God can take your little and make it accomplish wondrous things. You say, Pastor, I'm not a millionaire. My tithe is not a lot. Makes no matter. Okay, so your tithe is not what brother so-and-so's tithe is or your tithe is not what sister so-and-so's tithe is. Your tithe is not supposed to be what brother so-and-so's tithe is. You're just supposed to give your tithe. Whatever your tithe is, whatever it is, you're just supposed to be faithful to give your tithe and God can take your little and make it accomplish wondrous things. How many remember the story in John chapter six? Y'all remember the story? In John chapter six, where the Bible says there's a, a little lad and that little lad gave 50 loaves and 20 fishes. 
Y'all remember that story? Uh, uh, no, no, preacher, you, you got it wrong. You're right, I do. He didn't give 50 loaves. He gave five. Probably about the size of a yeast roll. Probably not much bigger than that. Not a loaf, like a sunbeam. A sunbeam. Uh, five loaves, two fishes, <laughs> and yet the Son of God took his little offering that he was willing to give and the Bible says, we don't know how many, how many we know there were 5,000 men. We're not sure how many people, if 5,000 men had 5,000, you know, uh, had a wife, that's 10,000. And if they had, you know, uh, two or three children, probably had more than that. Uh, some scholars say that there could have been in excess of fifteen to 20,000 people there. And God took this little itsy-bitsy offering of five yeast rolls, five loaves, two fishes, and God did a great miracle with just a little bit. Can I get an amen right there? And so... Thought number one, God can take your little and make it accomplish wondrous things. But thought number two is God will receive your little and bless you with wondrous things. Remember the story in 1 Samuel 17? What a story. The Bible says that God came to his prophet Elijah. There's a great famine going on. There's a drought. And God comes to Elijah and says, Elijah, I want you to go down to a place called Zarephath. And he said, there's a little widow that's going to take care of you. The great prophet goes down to Zarephath. And sure enough, God causes that little widow lady and the prophet of God to meet. And uh, Elijah says to this little widow lady, he says, could you get me something to drink? And she, you know, uh, respecting the prophets, uh, of course, yes, I'll go get you something to drink. And, and then Elijah says this. He says, while you're going to get me something to drink, how about making me a cake? When he says cake, he's talking about a little, uh, some bread. How about baking me a cake? And then she says to them, prophet, there's something you need to understand. I've got just enough cruising oil and a little bit of meal left in the barrel. She says, I've got enough just for me and my boy. And she said, honestly, sir, I'm gathering kindling right now. We're going to make a fire. She said, I'm going to pour a little bit of oil in and put a little bit of meal in. And she said, we're going to eat this last, this is our last meal. This is all we have. We're going to eat this meal and we're going to die. You read it. That's what she said. We're going to eat this meal. It's all we've got. We're starving to death. We're going to eat this meal and we're going to die. And Elijah said something very unique. He said, go and do as thou hast said, but bake me a cake first. Is that what he said? You go do what you said, but bake me a cake first. Now, we read that and we're thinking, man, what an arrogant cuss he was. No, 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 no. Elijah, the prophet, said, you go do what you said you were going to do, but bake me a cake first. And he said, I'll make you a promise that God Almighty is going to meet your need. And sure enough, she went, she, she uh, listened to the prophet. She brought him some water. She baked him a cake. She brought it to him. She thought, well, that's it. That's all there is. Now we don't even have anything to eat. She goes back to the cruise oil. There's a little bit of, cru a little bit of oil left. She says, but, you know, that's not going to help because there's no meal. She gets down in that meal. She reaches way down in there. She scrapes it around. She's thinking maybe she can get a crumb or two. And all of a sudden, she pulls the cup out and it's full. And she says, how in the world did I miss that? 
Man, she pours that oil in the pan. She puts that meal in there. She makes her and her son something to eat. The next day, she goes to the meal and uh, to, the, to the barrel, and she reaches down in that barrel way down deep, and she scrapes around, and all of a sudden, the cup comes out full again. And the cruise has still got, yes, can I get a witness tonight? Yeah. And the cruise has got some, some more oil in it. And the Bible says that that little cruise of oil kept on producing and the barrel kept on producing and kept on producing. And how many know Calvary Baptist Church that there is a God in heaven? And someone says, pastor, 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 what are we gonna do if this church keeps on growing? Hey, Calvary, there is a God in heaven. You understand that all of this may be God just saying, I just wanted to give you an hors d'oeuvre. Do you really think, God says, do you really think this is it? You think this is the best that I can do? God says, you really, are you going to limit me that much that you think this is it? Oh, listen, church, wow, we're about to have church tonight, amen? Little as much. When God is in it, hey, we're, we're almost done, but I want you to take your Bibles. I want you to turn to Malachi. Malachi chapter three. Let me preach this for the younger Christians in here tonight. And for those who have maybe never heard much teaching on tithing, because we want to help these younger Christians tonight. Malachi chapter three, and look at verse number 10. God gives us a direct promise here. In Malachi three, verse 10 he says this, Malachi, last book of your Old Testament, by the way. He says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. By the way, the storehouse being the house of the Lord. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And then God says this, and prove me. Now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. You say, man, pastor, what's going on at Calvary? I'm telling you, brother, what you are witnessing right here are the windows of heaven being opened and God is pouring us out a blessing so much that we can't even contain it all. Someone says, preacher, I don't, have a, I don't have a lot to give. That's not even the point. In fact, that's really uh, against the point. The point is this. You take your little and be faithful with it. And God is able to take your little bit and accomplish great things. Little as much in that. Boy, aren't we having a good time in church today? Little as much in the area of personal evangelism. And little as much in the area of purposeful tithing. We're done tonight. This is it. Little as much in the area of public kindness. Kindness, kindness. Kindness is an attribute that Scripture says has to be added to our faith or ought to be added to our faith. In other words, kindness is not necessarily something that all of us really are blessed with. And so we're to add that to our faith. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience, to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness. And so Calvary, we're to work on adding kindness to our, our Christian walk, to our Christian faith. It may, it may be something that doesn't necessarily 
come natural to some of you, to some of us, I should say. And so it's something that we have to work through the Holy Spirit with and, and we have to ask the Holy Spirit to add kindness to our life. You've heard this statement, kill them with kindness. And just in case anybody's wondering, that's the kind of ministry that we want Calvary Baptist Church to be. One of the things we want to be different about this ministry is that when people walk in, we want to kill them with kindness. How many know this, that a little bit of kindness goes a long ways? And I love it, and it happens all the time. We'll have missionaries and speakers will write back in and they'll say, Pastor, we've never been treated so kindly in our life. Preacher, I, you, you've, got one of the, you've got one of the most kind churches we've, ever, we've, we've never been in, a, in, a, in a, a place quite like Calvary. I mean, your people, listen, this just happened recently. I mean, they said, your people have treated us so kindly. Uh, we're overwhelmed. I mean, we're literally, we're blown away. He said, your people are literally spoiling us. And by the way, if we're gonna air Calvary Baptist Church, let us air on the side of kindness. By the way, how many know that everybody, every single person ought to benefit from kindness when they walk into Calvary Baptist Church? Rich, poor, white or black. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter what they look like. Everybody ought to be met with kindness when they come to Calvary Baptist Church. How many know the story of Androcles? Androcles. Androcles was a Roman slave and he was running from Rome and he took shelter in a cave one night, dark cave, and he got in that cave only to realize that there was a lion in there as well that was also had found shelter in the, the same cave. And when he was fearful for his life, he thought, man, this lion's gonna tear me to shreds. And he looked at the lion, he noticed the lion was licking his paw, licking and licking and licking his paw. And finally, Andrew Cleese was able to get over close enough to the lion and, and he noticed there was a thorn stuck in the paw of the lion. He finally won the confidence of the lion enough to get up close enough to him and he took his hand and he took that thorn and he pulled that thorn out. That wound had became infected and so Androcles began to doctor on that paw and, and little by little that lion got better and got stronger and, and Androcles and that lion became great friends. Well, Androcles was apprehended. He was caught by Rome. They took him to the big Colosseum there in Rome and, and uh, he and a lot of other Christians and put him out there and they uh, opened those big iron gates and sure enough, here came the lions and and the story goes that as those lions ran out onto the field that, this, that there was a lion that not only did not kill Androcles, but this lion came to his rescue. It was that lion. They said the Roman emperor was so moved by this act of compassion that he gave Androcles and the lion their freedom. And they went away and they lived in peace forever. A fable? Yeah, probably so. But I think it fits. Little as much when God is in it. This poem says it like this. What did you do? What did you do? Did you give him a lift? He's a poor needy man. 
and bearing about all the burden he can. Did you give him a smile? He was downcast and blue, but a smile would have helped him to battle it through. Did you give him a hand? He was slipping downhill, and the world, so I fancied, was making him ill. Did you give him a word? Did you show him the road? Or did you just let him go on with his load? Did you help him along? He's a sinner like you. But the grasp of your hand might have carried him through. Did you bid him good cheer? Just a word and a smile were what he need, most needed that last weary mile. Did you know what he bore in that burden of cares? That's every man's load and that sympathy shares. Did you try to find out what he needed from you? Or did you just leave him to battle it through? Did you know what it means to be losing the fight when a lift just in time might set everything right? Did you know what it means, just the clasp of a hand when a man's born about all a man ought to stand? Did you ask him what it was while the quivering lip and the glistening tears down the pale cheek that slip? Were you brother of his when the time came to be? Did you offer to help him or, or didn't you see? Don't you know it's part, it's the part of a Christian man to find out what the grief is and help where you can. Did you stop when he asked to give him a lift or you're so busy that you left him to shift? Ah, I know that what you say may really be true, but the test of your life is what did you do? What did you do? Little as much when God is in it. God doesn't need your great talent. Although he hopes you'll, he hopes you'll use it for him. God just needs your little, your little. It was in the winter time, downtown Chicago. It was a place called Duluth Street. And uh, Salvation Army had set up a little, a little stand there and they had a little red pot and there was a lady there and she was ringing that bell. And every once in a while, folks would come by and they would drop a little something in the pot there. There was a big, big banner there and it said this. It said, Christ has done so much for you. What will you give to Jesus? There was a poor man that walked by and a little lady was ringing the bell and he saw that placard there that said, Christ has done so much for you. What will you give to Jesus? And Man, he reached down in his pocket and he pulled out 37 cent. He had a quarter, a dime, and two pennies. And so he took those two pennies and he threw those two pennies into the Salvation Army pot. And the little lady's ringing the bell. She said, thank you, sir, thank you. God bless you. Merry Christmas, God bless you. He turned and went on his way and got just a little ways away and he thought about that placard. Christ has done so much for you. What will you give to Jesus and he reached back down in that pocket, and this time he just had a quarter and a dime. He walked back to that Salvation Army station there, and he took that dime, the last dime that he had, and he threw it in the pot, and the little lady was ringing that bell, and she said, my goodness, thank you, sir. God bless you. Merry Christmas. God bless you. He got just a little ways away. You know the story, don't you? And he kept thinking about that. Christ has done so much. Christ has done so much. He came back, and he reached and took that last quarter out. And he threw that quarter in the pot. 
And that little lady said, sir, you don't know how much we appreciate that. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, sir. Well, she put her bell down. She went to get a little coffee to try to uh, deal with the chill of Chicago. And she was away for just a little bit. And finally, she made her way back to her station. And she was getting ready to pick her bell up. And, and as she began to look toward the little uh, Salvation Army station, she looked and she thought, what? And she saw a poor man sitting in the pot. You know what he said? 37 cents is not enough. A quarter of a dime and two pennies is not enough. I'm just going to give it all. I'm just going to give it all. I'm going to give myself. I maybe don't have much to offer, but Lord, I'm just going to give it all to you tonight. Boy, you know what? It'd be a great day at Calvary Baptist Church. If we had some folks who'd just say, Lord, I don't have a lot to give. But whatever I have, you can have it. I'm going to give it to you. If I've got any talent, you can have it. If I've got any personality, you can have it. Uh, Lord, finances, you can have it. Lord, whatever it is, I want you to have it because I know little is much when God is in it. Let's bow tonight for prayer. Father, thank you. Our hearts have been encouraged tonight. What a great and almighty God we serve that's able to take my little bit of nothing and he's able to accomplish great things with it. Lord, tonight, publicly, by your grace, I want to I, I give you whatever I can give you tonight. Lord, I, don't, I, I, I probably don't have as much to offer as a Dave Kistler, but whatever I do have, Lord, by your grace, you can have it. Lord, I pray tonight that you would help us to have some Christians at Calvary Baptist Church who would say, Lord, I'm willing to give you my little bit and I hope you can take it and use it for your glory and your honor. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. We're going to stand in just a moment. I just wonder tonight, maybe it could be it could be that there's someone here tonight and the, and the devil has come and the devil says you don't have anything to give <laughs> and some of you bought that some of you you listened to him and because of that you've not really given yourself to the cause of Jesus and this is what I'm saying Calvary whatever little bit you've got give it to him tonight give it to him you know, it might not be a bad idea tonight as we stand in just a moment for some folks just to come around the altar and just say, Lord, is there something in my life that you could use? Lord, search me, know me. Is there anything in my life, Lord, that you could use for your glory? If so, tonight, I'm giving it tonight. Let's all stand. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Father, have your way in the invitation. God, I pray tonight we're just letting go, letting God have his way tonight. Father, there's really no, no telling what potential there is in this room here tonight. What you could do if people would just say, Lord, I don't have a lot, but what I have, it's yours. Use me, Lord, use me tonight. Father, I pray that you'll, you'll speak to hearts Lord, if there's one here this evening that doesn't know Jesus Christ 
as personal Savior, I pray that you'll help them to come right now. And God, we want to try to, we want to, try to help them tonight. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We're standing all over the house tonight. If you're here this evening, you say, Pastor, I don't know that I know that I know that I'm saved and going to heaven when I die. All right. Hey, I'm so glad you're here tonight. Why don't you do this? I'm going to make my way to the main floor. And if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I need to be, I need to be born again. Listen, why don't you come? And we would love, love, love to take the Word of God and show you how you can know Jesus tonight as your personal Savior. And so we're going to pause for just a moment. We're going to pause. And a lot of folks in the altar, listen, you come tonight. If God's speaking to your heart, you're a child of God, God's speaking to your heart, why don't you just slip out and seal that decision with the Lord tonight? Would you do that? You know, it could be there's somebody here this evening that says, Pastor, it's, it's high time for me to rededicate my life to Jesus. Tonight, you'd come and rededicate your life to Christ. 